Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, SEC Network lead anchor and OU alum Dari Noka joins us for an interview. We get all of Dari's thoughts on OU heading to the SEC, and we finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's beautiful Monday, July 26th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in July from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $100,000 Freedom and Fortunes giveaway. That is a lot of money. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this on Sunday night, and we've we've got our guy, Dari Noka, Ted. Who, who better to talk about OU going to the SEC than the lead anchor for the SEC Network, who just happens to be a Sooner? Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. And uh, I know his phone's been blowing up since last week, whenever all this stuff came down. And it's good to pick his brain, man. He's He's got some good insight as to kind of how that conference goes, how Sankey runs things. So awesome stuff. Glad he's on. Yeah, so you, you guys are really going to enjoy that. And, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a nice comment while you're at it. Let us know who you want us to try to get on the podcast. We're always checking those those comments on the reviews and trying our best to get people on here for you guys to hear from. Also, football season approaching. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, we have a few spots left. Mm. The Oklahoma like breakdown at gmail.com. Hit us up. 
we'll get you all the details. So it's that time of year, Ted. It is. We're getting close, man. We're getting close. The the OU to SEC to the SEC stuff has completely distracted me from the fact that the season is right around the corner, right? Because we're all thinking about the future and all that stuff. Like right now, we'd be talking about, and we'll get to all the watch lists and all that stuff. But really, right now, any it, it, the only thing people are talking about is OU going to the SEC, and OU's team is going to be really damn good. And it's like we've all just not talked about it for a week now. We've got plenty of time for that. This was the greatest timing ever for the SEC. It's just this time of year is incredibly difficult because through the offseason, you've hammered like every topic that you possibly can without watching football. So we got we got tossed a bone, a late summer bone uh, by the SEC in Oklahoma, Texas. So it's been awesome. Very welcomed. Okay, before we get to our interview with Darinoka, does I, I got a question for you. Does the Lehman family do a family reunion or like family meeting or anything like that? Like something you do every year, get together, some the whatever. Do you guys do something like that? We don't, but we need to start. It needs to start happening. That needs to be a new tradition. Cause they always look like a lot of fun. You know, there's, you get all the different personalities together at, at one area. It looks like it's always a good time. I, I need to start that. I can't so, just wait for someone else to do it. I'm going to have to start it myself. So my wife's mom's side, we had, we had the family meeting slash reunion this weekend. Uh, went to Grand Lake. Little, uh, little man, first boat ride, handled it. Really? like a champion slept the entire time dude nice it was they all think this kid is an angel because he just slept like the entire time when we went to dinner when we were on the boat they're like all he does is sleep i was like yeah totally hey come 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 in at 4 a.m and let me know how well he sleeps okay the the more he sleeps during the day you know that that night's gonna be a rough one possibly so but that's cool but it was it was a lot of fun and i was just wondering because I, I don't know if family reunions are still a thing, but there was a pickleball tournament involved. Okay. Huh. My Seagulls? wife doubles. 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 My wife and I champions. Wow. Champions of the family reunion. Was it even close? It was. It was a comeback victory. It was a comeback wow. victory against my sister-in-law and my new brother-in-law. And I was like, honey, we cannot let the new guy beat us. I mean, they just got married. He just got – this is his first family meeting oh, reunion thing. So you know he was all heated up trying to win it, right? It was pretty good, too. I was like, oh, boy. It was a comeback victory, too. Wow. It was. I've still never played. I've, I've spent like five or ten minutes just kind of hitting it ra- around with my son on a pickleball court, but I've never played an actual competitive game. It looks like a lot of fun. You – I assume you would be elite at it. I'm just assuming with with your speed, your quickness. Now, I'm not saying you might, you won't pull a hammy or maybe pop a calf, <laughs> right. which is that was my biggest because you know I won't lie, I drank quite a bit Saturday Stretch night. Those, those Achilles, baby. And I was like, ooh, the calves are feeling a little tight. We're going to play pickleball. It was Get a, a dicey ball, situation. <laughs> That's I cool. Was, That's fun though, champs, man. 
That's good. You got to defend the title next year. Next year, and hopefully I don't tear my Achilles next year when we're doing it. That's the, that's like my biggest fear. Oh, yeah. gosh. All right, let's get to our interview with Dari Noka. But first, First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. They also offer 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, here he is. Here's Dari Noka. It is our pleasure to be joined by the lead anchor of the SEC network. Forget Feinbaum, this guy, in my opinion, he is the face of SEC football coverage, which is why they just gave him a big, fat, multi-year contract Mm. extension, baby. And most importantly, (laughs) he is an OU alum. Dari Noka is in the house. What's going on, man? Dudes, uh, it is good to be on with you guys, man. I always enjoy talking to you individually, and now I get to talk to you guys together. And uh, hey, man, you know, maybe we'll uh, it, it just to be on in my uh, my great home state, your home state, my home state. So it's good. It's good to be doing this. Awesome stuff, man. It's um, it's been a wild four or five days here. Um, caught a lot of people by surprise. Maybe some people in the know. No, there's rumors that the Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC has maybe been talked about for the last six months, but. Just tell us what were your initial thoughts the first time you saw the headline or, or, or saw people starting to say it on Twitter or whatever you follow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First thing I thought was, oh, my God, my job is about to get even better. Like, I mean, are you kidding me to be doing what I do for the SEC? And then all of a sudden, my alma mater comes rolling on in and Texas, too, which is fine. But, you know, my alma mater comes rolling in. Man, that was um, it was funny. My my wife, Jen, is in, right inside and, and she we don't talk sports much, but like we've actually talked more about this than any topic in sports, probably in the 18 years we've been married. I mean, this is, it's created a buzz. I just hope it happens. Like, you know, there's so much smoke and there's certainly some fire. And I just, I just hope this happens. I don't have any inside source telling me anything that you guys don't know. I'm just hoping it, 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 it happens because um, it would be pretty special to be 
in my shoes doing what I do and bring OU and Texas in. I, I, it'd be incredible. Yeah, so you look at it, and let's just let's just assume it does happen, right? Okay. Hi- hypothetically speaking. Sorry, sure. why? Well, why do you think this is happening on, on the OU side of things? Why do you think this is happening on the SEC side of things? Well, if let's look for the OU side first. Financial gain, there is no question. To be a part of to have a, a top 10 a- athletic department, top five or six, potentially, if you look across the board, join a conference that is without question. And this isn't me, the SEC Network anchor talking, but a conference that is without question, without peer uh, when it comes to the uh, upper echelon in college sports. So you want to get better and be better and, and be noticed as one of the greatest, which I think OU should be anyway you join the conference that sets you up for that level of success. Oh, by the way, you make a ton more money than you're making in the Big 12. As for the SEC side of this thing, it's a no-brainer. I have known Greg Sankey for years. Um, we talk often. We communicate all the time. Um, I've joked about this with him for years. I'm like, you know, there's that team in Norman. You, you got Joe C's number. You want to give him a call? You want to get the president a shout? I'm just throwing out, you know, possible expansion options here. And he laughs and he tells me all the time how much he admires the Oklahoma programs and the athletic department there. Um, look, but, but realistic, look, it's, it's name brand. It is national contender. It is it's eyeballs, not so much from the Oklahoma city and Tulsa markets. We know that, but more from the name brand and national recognition and national brand that Oklahoma is. It makes sense for everybody involved geographically. It makes sense. And frankly, from a fan base perspective, uh, I think I was talking about this with Teddy the other day on his show. This is the SEC has fan bases top to bottom that are every bit as passionate, every bit as is, is sport. Their teams and their success is every bit as important to them as it is any other facet of their life. Oklahoma fans are the same. Texas fans are the same. There's a few others. Ohio State, Michigan, they're the same. Notre Dame, maybe they're the same. Um but if you can bring two schools that resemble a lot of the other schools in this league in with that kind of name recognition and national branding, it's a, it's a win-win. It's not even close. You know, I, I think obviously there's, there's a million reasons why this is a good thing. Money, uh, ticket sales, selling, you know, with the, the schedule that you're going to have, being able to sell season tickets, that's, those have been kind of uh, on, a, on a downhill slide recently. Um, you know, recruiting, we can go on and on, but talk to me about the risks. Uh, I, I know mm-hmm. that if you're in this conference and let's say they're in here for the next 10, 20 years, however long it is, you're always going to make more money. And that's a good thing, yeah. but like competitively, it's going to be a totally different world. And yes, it is. You know, is, is there a scenario maybe where, yeah, we're better off financially, but five years mm-hmm. from now, competitively yeah. speaking, we're saying, gosh, was this the best move? Listen, I, I've had this conversation with my, so my uncle is, lives in Los Angeles. He was an OU grad. He's an enormous Sooner fan to this day, travels to watch them play all over the country. Um, and he was, he's been calling and texting and, and me and he's, that was his concern, Teddy is why are we doing this? We get to the playoff virtually every year in football now we can win the big 12 and do it virtually every year, six in a row. It's a different ball game over there. 
And he, he said he was worried about, I don't want us to become Nebraska. Well, for a bazillion reasons involving recruiting location and losing the state of Texas with your recruiting, oh, you will never be Nebraska. So the, the, the similarities are, they don't exist. There are risks though, when it comes to winning and like, I'm not afraid to say it like Oklahoma fans are going to have to be happy with some nine and threes and some eight and fours. It's going to happen. This is a grind. This is a nasty run. Really good teams in the SEC annually don't make the playoff and don't make the conference championship game. Really good teams in the SEC lose three and four games in a season. Really good teams in the SEC get absolutely tanked when you go through Georgia, Alabama, let's throw out a Tennessee and a, and a, you know, a physical Kentucky team four weeks in a row. This is a, I mean, you don't see this in the big 12, you know, this, I know this. So look from a, from a, you're not going to win the league every year. You're going to have a lot more years where you don't win the league. Uh, You're going to have a lot more years where in a 14 playoff, you don't make it if you join this league. But the other side of this is that 14 playoffs not going to be around that long. We may be at 12 by the time OU comes in and in a 12 team playoff, I don't see a reason the SEC doesn't get at least three, some years even four teams in that thing. And you're going to tell me, oh, you couldn't be a top three or four team in the SEC year in and year out? They certainly could. So they're going to lose more games. It's going to – and you guys know this. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're the ones that should be – it's a line of scrimmage league. A lot of college football is. The SEC is more than anywhere else, SEC and Big Ten. OU is making strides to get that kind of size and physicality up front on the lines of scrimmage. It's been great under Grinch on the defensive side. We know the recruiting's picked up. It's going to have to continue to do that or else, you know, we're, we're going to see some results we don't like. But I think that it's going in the right direction. And now you bring in and you say, we can get them big boys in Mississippi. Or we can get them big boys in Louisiana. We can get them big boys in Georgia to come play for us. And that'll happen. That will absolutely happen. So the recruiting will certainly pick up there too. So, Dari, we, we do this thing during the podcast called Call Your Shot where we have people, that they kind of, we ask them a question, they give us some responses, uh, we read some of our favorite ones, and instead of doing that this episode, you, you may have noticed your Twitter mentions, you're getting a lot of questions. And, oh, okay, good. Yeah, so we're, we're going to do a couple of those, <laughs> and I just thought that, because this one came from at HG Humphrey, and it's just along the lines of what you were just saying. So that's why I thought of it. And he said, he wanted to ask you, will OU compete for SEC championships from day one? I would say yes. Uh, look, this also depends. So they're not coming into the league. We don't know how many years. Are we two yeah, years out, you- three years out? When do you think know. OU will be playing SEC football? Well, look, that's – I mean, what? So, latest would be 25, 6? When's the be big 25, five? 26, right? So, latest would be 25 season. There is no way to know. But on the trajectory they have taken in terms of their recruiting, now if you announce we're going to be an SEC member in whatever year, you're automatically going to start getting some of these kids from the South and Southeast – Look, Jordan, there is no state in the country with a higher per capita in terms of Division One and Power Five football than Georgia. Like, you're going to start getting more of these kids. Like the Jaden, you know, Hazleton, like whatever. You're going to start getting the big boys. So you're going to start getting those dudes. Can they compete from day one? We don't know when day one is. I would say absolutely. If the coaching staff stays intact, if the recruiting continues to, to take the trajectory it has, 
I don't think there's any question about it. One of the things I think is really interesting is the, the money is, is key, right? And positioning yourself for the future is key. And the Big 12, who's been asleep at the wheel forever, they drive me crazy. But now all of a sudden, you know, they're too big. You know, horses are about to leave town and they've come up with right. an offer. Yeah. And it's a one and a half share for OU and for Texas, which would put most years their share at 55 ish million dollars a piece. That's some huge money to stick yeah. around in the Big 12. Yeah. Is do you think that do you think this thing's done? I mean, if there's going to be offers like that, what does that mean? If this is if this is about money, yeah. how important is an offer like that for OU Texas to maybe rethink them, themselves? Well, no, I tell you, I think it's legit. I mean, that that's one of the things I was just texting. It's funny, you know, here in Charlotte, the SEC Network, two of our our top producers are, are Oklahomans, and and one went to OU, and the other roots like crazy for OU, and we we talk all the time about this stuff, and you know, I, I in fact, right before I came with you guys, I hit one of them up, and I said. I just kind of have this like feeling in the pit of my stomach that I, I'm pretty sure this is all legit, but what if it's not like, what if it's a power play? What if it's a, you know, we're sick of carrying this conference and, and making the majority of the money in this league between these two great programs, you need to make us right here. And I don't know, like, do they want to, leave are they comfortable where they are do realizing it's an easier path to championships on a national level where they are look i don't know i mean and good for the big 12 to do what they need to do now the look the other eight schools in the big 12 or i assume that means they're not going to be as well off financially I, I don't know i don't know exactly all the numbers on that but but look, those are the big horses but now what happens if say texas hasn't been great in football in a number of years what happens if OU hits another dry spell or the athletic departments aren't what they were and then all of a sudden Oklahoma State ends up being a college football playoff contender on an annual level or Matt Campbell never leaves Ames and they continue to you know what I mean so then what happens and where does that cry and come from right how do you make everybody happy if you are making special rules especially financial rules for two out of ten and I think there are risks in that um, don't expect the SEC to come back and say, oh, they'll do that for you. Well, we want you more, so we're going to give you a higher share. That can go jump in a lake. That will never happen. We know that. Um, but no, the Big 12 is desperate. They're doing exactly what they have to do. I don't know. Maybe it works. Uh, good for them. Like you said, they have been asleep at the wheel. It's a little bit late, but I don't know if it's too late. You look at if it does happen. Uh, there's, been, there's been a lot of talks about the vote. Right, that they have to get eleven yeses, yeah, and it, it seems like Texas A and M may abstain at the uh, at the least. That I'm not sure they'll vote yes; they'll probably abstain. But <laughs> it, you know, Greg Sankey, well, he's gonna. It, it's gonna be a 14-0 vote, right? Like I, I can't well, imagine thirteen-one. I mean, yeah, it's. I, I, I just can't up. imagine. Yeah if OU and Texas wanted to come, that there would be any type of pushback from the SEC schools. It'll come from A&M. I mean, there, there's no doubt it'll come from A&M. I, I, but, you know, maybe they look around and they, they take their straw polls and, and the presidents all talk and A&M says, we're going to be the only one. Well, maybe that's not what we want to look like, right? Maybe that's not the way we want to come across. 13-1 is the same as 14-zip. 
that's not going to get you what you want. Um, no, there, there are, to answer your question more simply, there are not four schools that are going to vote no. In a, in a bazillion years, there are not four schools that would vote no to this. I love the, the thing that I love about this whole deal is all of the questions that nobody has answers to. And I'm going to throw another one at you. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. How the hell did this stay so quiet? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> impressive. Very impressive. Incredible. In this day and age, it's nuts. Um, there's a rumor that maybe the SEC is not done. Yeah. Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, Clemson, Florida State, 20-team conference. It, I mean, here's the thing. You know, and I've seen some of the mm-hmm. television numbers. There's a there's a a very you know there's a group of teams that people watch, and the rest is just there, yeah. and it looks like they're trying to put the group of teams that everyone watches into one conference. That is an incredible report or rumor, or I don't know where it's coming from. There, there's a lot. I mean. You'll find Ohio State blogs and Michigan blogs and Clemson and, and Florida State where they're saying it's absolutely happening in terms of the contact. I don't know. Okay, so from what I know about this league and its office in Birmingham, which is full of some of the smartest people you'll ever come across, and Greg Sankey is maybe the smartest, um, they've got a great team there. They've also got a very highly competitive team there. If they think there is a door that is a tad bit open – and we're talking about programs like those four, I would imagine they would at least show some interest in that. But Ohio State and Michigan are doing just fine in the Big Ten. And they're making every bit as much money as the SEC schools are. Clemson and Florida State are sexy programs, no question about it. They're in an ACC, though, that I believe has a much longer-term media rights deal that would be a lot more, and I believe it's really long, um, like between 10 and 15 years long. Now, again, I may be wrong on this, so forgive me if I am. Maybe harder for them to get out. You know, it's funny. You talk about, are schools going to vote no? Look, let, let's say, for instance, Clemson is up for a vote. South Carolina, I think, would have a hard time saying yes to this. Georgia would have a hard time saying yes. I don't think those are automatic vote-ins as much as OU and Texas would be. But that rumor of a 20-team league, Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, I wouldn't put it past Greg Sankey, and I wouldn't put it past those in Birmingham to say, we're the best. Let's continue to prove why. It's it's interesting to think about, like, each school's reaction. So I'm, I'm just curious, Dar, from, like, everyone you know around the SEC, yeah. what, what has kind of been the reaction of, you know, some of the coaches you know, some of the administrators you know, are they just as surprised as the rest of us or are the coaches excited to add possibly add OU in Texas or is it like a, eh? Yeah, no, I, I, so I'll say this. Um, I haven't talked to any coaches. I I haven't talked to any coaches about this. Um, I've talked at length to college football analysts in our house, in our place and at ESPN across the board. Um, I have not met one that doesn't think this will be incredibly cool to have happen. Like I haven't seen any resistance or anybody say, why would they do that? Everybody is excited about the idea. Everybody that I work with at the SEC network, all of our analysts love this idea. 
uh, it will make what we do on a daily basis that much better. It will even make our, it'll make our product, which is pretty good in terms of on the field uh, and on the court better. Um, no, I, but I should, I actually should reach out to some of these coaches. I mean, think about this. Let's go to softball, for instance, top to bottom, the SEC is the best league in the country. So let's bring in a five-time national champion. Okay. Sure. You know, like I would love to go talk to, you know, Pat Murphy. I may try to give a call later. I don't know. Alabama take coach, see what he thinks. Like I would imagine everybody would welcome this. I, I, I haven't run across anybody that hasn't with the exception of what I heard from Ross Bjork in Texas A&M. When do you expect we hear something from uh, Chris Del Conte and, and Joe C? Uh, it's been, you know, as long as the rumor's been out, it's like the clock is ticking. We haven't heard yeah. anything, and everyone wants to know, wants some type of answers. Yeah. You think that's right around the corner? Yeah, I don't know if you guys got the exact same statement that I got back from Joe C when I just <laughs> I texted him, but it's the same thing, right? And all these rumors or whatever. Um, they're going to have to make a decision on are they leaving the Big 12 or not. And so I would imagine they'll do the Big 12, the, the, give them the respect of giving them a day or two to think about whatever the offer is that the Big 12 is making that we were talking about earlier. Um, I mean, you know, we keep hearing within a week or within a couple of weeks, I, I know this, like inside our house uh, at the SEC Network, I'm going back and forth with producers. You hear anything? No, you hear anything? No. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's have a welcome OU and Texas show, you know, on the air when when this happens or if this happens. You hear anything? No. You know, everybody's like trying to figure out. I mean, we're sitting there planning, potentially planning programming for if this happens within our building. You know, let's let's get some people on the air. I've, I'm like, I want to host it. You know, like I'll come in, you know, like let's let's do this. We don't know. I mean, it's as quiet as it's been kept for the six months or whatever they say that these conversations have been happening. It's it's Greg Sankey and the, the guys in Birmingham have been and Del Conte and Joe C have been deadly quiet on this. And you know what? Props to them, because it, like we were joking about, it's hard to keep anything quiet anymore. And this is pretty big news to have kept quiet. And at some still point, be. though, yeah, at some point, once that everyone knows about it and everyone's talking about it you got to at least say something or the rumors are just going to run wild about what's happening. Uh, they've got to give some type of guidelines soon, I'm guessing, because it's like, well, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I mean, I would think so, but at the same time, and I don't know Chris Del Conte at all, but like you guys, I know Joe C pretty well. They're, I think they're going to be very careful to upset anybody, to upset their current conference in case they don't leave to upset the SEC in some way uh, in, in case, you know, do they upset the wrong programs? Does it hurt their chances of getting in? Um, do they come in on a bad foot? You don't, you don't want that in this league or in any league. I think they're doing everything they can as respectfully as they can. I would assume Del Conte's the same as Josie in that respect. That's why Greg Sankey's not doing anything. I don't want to upset any of my 14 members. It seems like one's already pretty mad. Um, uh, I don't want to upset the big 12. I mean, Joe uh, Sankey, Greg Sankey has a very good relationship with all of the other power commissioners. They, through the pandemic, all five of them talked on a daily basis at length about events of the day, events of what to expect. How do we handle this? How do we handle that? I just think it's, it's been done out of respect from all the parties involved. You're right. At some point they will need to address it, but I tell you, I wouldn't even expect them to address it until it is a, we did submit to the Big 12 our desire to leave the conference. 
and we will submit to the SEC our hopes of joining the conference. I, I don't know that we'll hear much before that. Dari, is the, is the most surprising thing, and some people seem shocked by this, but is, is the most surprising thing from this whole deal the fact that OU and Texas worked so closely together on it, and you, you've mentioned how quiet they kept it, but that they, I mean, they really said, okay, it's, it's us two. We're going to do yeah. this thing together. Yeah. We're, you never mix business and pleasure, right? I mean, that's what OU they said. Te- OU and Texas aren't going to go out and go fishing together, but they can make a lot of money together. And they know that. We help you and you help us. We're good for each other. We're a package deal. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. So, it's fun to see this. I mean, it's, you know, I know that there's a lot of crying probably in Stillwater. I can understand why they would be angry about this, but it's a, there's no doubt. The two have been, OU and Texas have benefited from one another, and they do it every all the time. Not well before they decided they wanted to leave the Big 12 or may want to leave the Big 12. OU and Texas have benefited from each other financially, from their successes financially for decades. And uh, this is just another example of it. Now, some people have said that maybe Sarkeesian knew about this whenever he got the job offer. Uh, that was part of the conversation. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot from o- Oklahoma's perspective. Texas is in a whole different category of a football team right now than Oklahoma is. They've struggled in the Big 12. They've had losing seasons in the Big 12. Yeah. It's going to be a really difficult transition for that football team. It will, and it will take time. There's absolutely no doubt. They've struggled with coaching and hiring the right guy, and it's no, it's been an absolute uh, debacle there that, frankly, given Texas and their resources that they love to talk about, and we all well understand there's no excuse for what has happened over the last 10 to 15 years with that program. It's been abysmal. Uh, and, yeah, no, they're going to walk into a situation where – they're going to, they are going to have to improve very quickly or they're going to be a mediocre team sitting in the middle of the SEC for a number of years. I don't expect that to happen. I mean, I think we all expect at some point they're going to hit on the right guy. Maybe it's the guy they got now. Um, but it's, it's – and I think Sark is a really good choice. Like, I think offensively you're going to see a different team entirely from day number one. But again, it's going to come down to it's going to come down like it is for OU recruiting size, recruiting speed, recruiting areas. You just don't have to live in Texas, man. Start use Sark's connections that he's made throughout the rest of the deep south and start bringing in some of those. I mean, you're not going to find better 320 pound offensive tackles and guards, you know, and and the 300 pound guards than walking through high schools in Georgia, Mississippi and Alabama, Louisiana, like bring those trucks over put them in Norman, put them in Austin. All of a sudden you start giving yourself a chance because you can get the skill guys. We know that. Dari, OU in the SEC, how, how much harder does it make your job? I, I know it's fun. It's going to be really fun, right? Yeah. Having the alma mater, but yeah. you are, you're the ultimate professional on air. You, you always have been. I think you take a ton of pride in that. Now that now the suitors are going to be part of yeah. your coverage more like <laughs> that. That seems like it would put you in a really bad spot, man. Well, Gabe, I'm telling you, like, I mean, I had to cover OU Georgia in Pasadena, OU Alabama in Miami, OU LSU in Atlanta, uh, all for, you know, uh, they're all playoff games. Um, we did a live simulcast of OU Auburn in the, what was that sugar bowl or whatever bowl game that yeah, was where 2016, 
Yeah. OU Florida last year. I mean, it's, I keep finding myself in these OU versus the SEC situations and big games. Like the situation is most of the people that watch us know where I went to school. I don't hide that on Twitter. Um, when we're playing, we're being Oklahoma, an SEC team. I do not throw out Boomer. I do not tweet in a pro OU fashion. Uh, if I'm standing on a sideline, I obviously do not openly cheer if OU is playing an SEC team. And it'll be the same. You know, I mean, I, I will probably be less of a sooner homer if they're in the SEC. That is not what I need to do. That's not Damn appropriate. <laughs> I will leave in my profile Oklahoma alum. That can stay. You know, but like we all got schools, man. I mean, yep. you know, Chris Doring went to Florida. Stinchcomb went to Georgia. You know, all of our guys, all of our guys have schools. And everybody knows that you love where you grew up and where you went to college. And that's no different with me. I think people know that, understand that, respect that. And so on-air presentation and probably social media uh, presence, if they're in the SEC, um, it will reflect that. I mean, I I love OU. I absolutely want nothing but the best for OU. But I'm also going to try to be a professional about it. Here's another uh, guessing game. What – are the divisions going to look like? Are there going to be divisions oh if they come? Are there going to be pods? I mean, there's there's been, I don't know, a million different scenarios that people have thrown out. I don't know what you think makes the most sense and, and how it's going to go down. I, I saw the SEC this morning four-team thing. I, I There's a million questions with that. I think it's creative. I think it looks fun. How do you determine who plays in the conference championship game? I really don't know how you do that from a four division or four pod format. My gut would be it's still two eight team divisions. It may look funky. I mean, we've had Missouri in the East since they walked into the league. Do you put OU and Texas in the West, move Alabama and Auburn over? I don't think anybody in the East wants that. Those are questions that are like so far above where I sit. Uh, it will be a challenge. I mean, it, there's, there's no doubt. Like, or do you throw one in the East and one in the West and you say, well, Missouri's in the East. Oklahoma's in the East too. I, I really, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I, I don't know what they would, you know, basketball, there's no divisions. It's just 14 teams. I, I have no idea what you do in, in, in the other sports where there are divisions because it's, uh, it's a challenge. My, my guess would be you split them up until you figure out if you're done expanding. But your guess is as good as mine on that. Okay, we got another one of these yeah. questions for you, Dari, from our sure. listeners. This comes from Bryce Colt on Twitter. And this was something that I was going to ask you anyways. So great minds think alike. But he said, what is going to be the best road game atmosphere for us to enjoy in the SEC? Well, it depends who you are, okay? Um, if you're a college student, Ole Miss, if you're a guy. Um, if you just want great tailgating, Baton Rouge, uh, so go to LSU. Um, boy, that's – there are some good ones, man. Um, you know, Neyland at Tennessee is fun, but they got to start winning a little bit. Maybe Heupel does start to turn them around a little bit. I, Which, I think, by the way, is he pissed about this whole deal? Oh, my Dude, God. He's got to be so mad. <laughs> I'm, he's got to be. I mean, he's got to be. I, I don't know. You know, LSU, I'd say Ole Miss, LSU, 
Alabama's pretty special. Uh, the Plains, Auburn's pretty special. You know, go hit up Tumor, Tumor's Corner there. Um, there are some really uh, – South Carolina, man. I mean, you talk about an underrated one. Now, that's a longer road trip, but that is an underrated atmosphere. And we all – you know, I certainly hope Shane Beamer gets that thing going because when they come out of the tunnel and the music's playing and everybody's jumping – it is a really special place that's just like dying to be exposed again because it's been too long since Sperrier had him winning. Uh, that's a good one, too. If I had to pick one, honestly, I would say LSU. And if you could ever get one of those OU at LSU at night, that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think our fan base is going to be so amped up for a lot of these things. I, I just – I don't know. I'm telling you that LSU – national championship and then the peach bowl which i don't think the fan experience was near as bad but ou fans hate lsu wow. and i just, i don't know that any of them would go down there they might they're not alone okay there, there are <laughs> even within the sec within the sec i think lsu fans are are probably the least liked uh from other fan bases yeah, alabama fans because they win all the time and everybody sees them as spoiled rotten whatever but uh, you know on the whole i would I think OU fans would have a lot of company in the SEC with that LSU thought. All of this OU to the SEC stuff has completely distracted everyone from the fact that OU is going to have a damn good football team this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, oh yeah. I, what do you think about Lincoln Riley's group heading into the season? You got Rattler back, expecting him to take a big jump. You got all those guys back on the defensive line. Like, I, I know we're we're all excited about the possibility of the SEC thing, but I mean, this year it's been labeled the year for a while. Dar mm -hmm. Dari, you know that. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I can't wait. I mean, this is, would not be surprised if they're sitting at number one in the preseason polls, absolute Heisman contender, all the skill in the world. Uh, look, Eric Gray comes over from Tennessee to, to sit back there with Kennedy. Um, no, they're, they're deep. Um, they're big. They're deep. There is no reason to think that they, this is not a team that could win a national championship. Look, Alabama's got 55% of its production back, which is not a high number. It's like 110th or something in FBS. Um, they're still probably the favorite in this league. Georgia is another team that you got to worry about without a doubt. JT Daniels, a quarterback, they all of a sudden become very interesting because they, for the first time in a long time, have a legitimate deep passing threat, a guy that can beat you. Bama, Georgia, it's going to be the same teams. Clemson breaking in a new quarterback, Ohio State doing the same thing. So it shapes up well for, for OU to have an opportunity. My goodness, if we don't at least win a playoff game, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an incredible, uh, yeah, disappointment. Well, I would love it if they won a national championship, which, which begs the question, you know, we did see Texas uh, essentially claim the Alabama national title as their own this year whenever they hired Sark. Oh, yeah. Here we go. If OU won a national championship, would the SEC claim that as uh, one of like their running uh, championship? Well, you know, <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> no, they would not. But we do this thing every year called SEC Legends, and I don't know if the Big 12 does the same thing, but at the, at the SEC championship football game, they welcome back a legend from every school. And you don't have to have been an SEC performer to be a legend. So, you know, AM bring back guy from the 70s or 80s or whatever. Same with Missouri. Um, and they get props for doing it in the uh, whatever conference they played in in that particular time. I don't believe, you know, like Bama, right? Bama claims to have won uh, 
88 national championships in football, something like that, right? The SEC doesn't claim any more than are realistically there. So as a whole, no. We'll let the Big 12 have – wouldn't that be something, though? Look, we won you a national championship in 21, all right? Let us go. We're out. <laughs> That's let, right. let us free. Let <laughs> us out. free, Big 12. Okay, Ed, every time I talk to you, I want to make sure I give you a chance uh, to throw all the information mm-hmm. about the Hayden's Hope stuff out there. Thank We've got you. Got a lot of lot of OU fans that listen that um, I'm sure have supported in the past, and some that may not know about it. So I want to give you the chance to get all that information out on here so that our listeners can donate. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, so our, our foundation is called Hayden's Hope. Uh, we are almost 10 years from uh, welcoming our, our baby boy Hayden into the world. Uh, August 12, 2011, he got sick after he was born healthy, went to the hospital, uh, caught a virus, enterovirus that attacked his heart, and he needed a heart transplant. He did not make it to transplant. We uh, had him for 39 days. We set up immediately uh, a foundation to assist families who have children awaiting a life-saving organ transplant. 100% of the money goes to it. Uh, The Children's Organ Transplant Association, CODA, helps us run it. They handle all of the business side of it so that every dollar donated to Hayden's Hope goes directly to the families that need it. We've raised well over $300,000 in the time since. We've helped well over 50, 60 families across the country, including several in Oklahoma, because that obviously state's important to me. So you can go to haydenshope.org. Uh, and it's easy to donate right there online. And I appreciate y'all letting me get that out. Yeah, Hayden, it's H-A-Y-D-E-N, right, Hayden? Yep, H-A-Y-D-E-N-S-H-O-P-E.org. Yep, you got it. Gotcha. You got anything else, Ted? No, I'm good, man. It's uh, Hopefully we're talking to you a bunch here coming hey, coming down the stretch here. Listen, I'm, I, I, I dream of the day where I'm on the set at the SEC Network and I'm welcoming in Oklahoma to our network and all of those families in Oklahoma to our network. I hope we are on in houses in Oklahoma um, like we've never, obviously never been before. I, I hope that's the case and that'll make my job that much more special. So let's see what happens. I got no problem admitting this. I watch a lot of your show already. <laughs> a baby. Don't Atta tell baby. anyone. Don't tell anyone, Dari. <laughs> all right, man, you're it, the best. Man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you there's i it's going to happen and it's it, it's going to happen at some point ted and dari's so damn good at his job if you haven't watched him on sec network he, he's fantastic but he he's gonna let it slip it, that something's gonna come out at some point he's gonna be on air something big is gonna happen in an ou sec game and he's gonna lose it he's just gonna lose his mind it's okay you, you know and he brought it up in the interview everyone that's well, not everyone. A lot of the people that are covering college football um, played, coached, attended some of these schools in these in the conferences that they cover, and it's just going to happen. It's okay to cheer for your team. Now, whenever you need to, you remain objective, but it's okay to, you know, to cheer your squad every now and then. Yeah, he's the man. He's great. He's the best. All right, let's get to our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. 
They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, summer is here, and you know what that means, baby. It is hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coupe Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It is made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. I dare you to try the mango guava and say it's not incredible. When the Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle, go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at at Will and Wiley. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, this is an interesting one. I went with Tom Brady. Now, Originally, my loser of the week were going to be people that thought that the video was real. <laughs> it's a cool video, man. It's a great video, and they did a great job making it look real. But uh, people have to understand. I guess maybe no one knows how a jugs machine works uh, to know that that like, is just not going to happen. But I went ahead and made Tom the winner with that video and everyone. He's, you know. Good enough to where people actually think that it's real. Uh, and I'm talking people that like that know the sport, that cover the sport, that have to, you would think, would realize it. But that and his, uh, his picture showing off all the rings, man, Tom Brady, is uh, he's living life right now. So if you haven't seen the video, basically it's Tom Brady throwing a ball into a jugs machine, which is a jugs machine is something that shoots out footballs at a high rate of speed. And you can use it for wide receivers. You can, you can change the angle on it. You can use it for punt returns, kick returns. There's fancy ones that can make it go end over end. There's all kinds of things now, but it it is, it is an essential piece of football equipment. And it's basically Tom Brady throwing balls from different distances into the jugs machine to where the jugs machine stalls and then shoots it back out at him and he catches it Which now you would have to throw a ball like 200 miles an hour to force it through the tires of a jugs machine and it would have to hit absolutely perfect where it hit both tires at the exact same time and then i don't even think it would work but everyone still believes it. <laughs> Do you be, well, it's Tom Brady and whoever right. runs his social media stuff. I don't know if like he has approval, like they have to run what they post from the accounts past him first, or I, I'm sure there's something in place there, but they do a hell of a job. He's got like the best social media team in the game. Like he's fantastic. Really but I had two thoughts on the judge machine thing. And my first thought was, my God, his hair looks good in this video. <laughs> I mean, his hair is just like, it's just, it just keeps getting, it just keeps getting better with age. It's ridiculous. I will, I will uh, reluctantly admit that whenever I saw the video, I was like, okay, Tom, you got dressed up for this one, huh? You, you look you good. Looking pretty sharp. 
they look good. And then my second thought was, man, physics nerds are going to be furious with this video. <laughs> I mean, absolutely furious. And I love how it, it is funny that some people like they don't realize that all this stuff in movies is like CGI. Like you can destroy a city like on a computer and do it all yourself. And they're like, no, man, that jugs machine, that's not fake. That's real. It's like they can do anything, bro. They can make look make anything look real now. And the other thing is the way a jugs machine is set up, the way it sets on the ground, and I'll have to go back and look at that one, but they usually have three legs and it's like a tripod. You have to hit that thing with a car to knock it over. A football it is not going to knock it over going backwards, but I don't know. I'd still, it looks great. They did a great job with it. I was just annoyed at some of the people that I saw like, this is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. It's meanwhile, crazy. meanwhile, the scientist nerds are like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Well, I thought about going with green Bay again, uh, after, Contract extension negotiations with uh, Devontae Adams have stalled and Aaron Rodgers' uh, agent is hinting at him retiring. But I thought I would give the Packers fans a bit of a break. And I ended up going with the Texas legislator on this deal. In a pathetic bid to try and stop OU Texas to the SEC, you know, you've got one half of the Texas legislator who is in Washington, D.C. right now asking for care packages. And the other half is in Texas passing worthless legislation that has nothing to do, will not stop, can't stop, is just a worthless waste of everyone's time trying to pass a law keeping them in the Big 12 and out of the SEC. Totally ridiculous, especially whenever... This move for Texas is going to create a massive amount of money for the state of Texas. It's going to be great. The fan base is coming in. The, the, the tickets they, they're going to sell, the amount of money that they're going to be able to make and then spend on their own program, it's a great thing for uh, the state of Texas. And those, uh, those A&M fans and Baylor fans and Tech fans that happen to be representatives right now not having it. Do you think, and it's not all politicians, it's not all, but do you think they realize like when they ran for office and but especially a bunch of people in the state of Texas ran on, you know, a pro-capitalism platform and they said things in campaign speeches about open markets and how important it is to them. And then they try to do the exact opposite. Do you think it like dawns on them at any point? They're like, wait, I said the exact opposite. And now do you think that's something that even crosses politicians' minds when they do it? Or is it just, or are they just more like actors at this point where you give them a well, script and you, and I, I will never be a politician. So I, I think it's really hard. It, it doesn't seem like a fun job that they're I not even actors. Uh, all that they are, they respond to polling. I, every politician has changed their mind on every topic about 50 million times. I mean, it's not very difficult to look at, uh, you know, either one person or one group 
and see what their current topic is today that they're hammering home and go back and check six months ago, see that they happen to be saying the exact opposite. So, yeah, it capitalism ends where f- my football team begins. Okay. Exactly. that's <laughs> You should put that on a t-shirt, <laughs> but it's, I, I wish the politicians would just come out and be honest, be like, no, 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 no. I don't want them to leave. That would suck. I went to Baylor and that would suck for Baylor. Like just come out and you don't have to put all the political bumbo jumbo in the statements and all that. Just, just be real about it. And I think people would be like, you know what? That does kind of suck for you. You're right. Okay. But it's, no. they're not going to stop it. Come on. No, not going to stop it. Um, it's, it's, if, if the SEC wants it to happen and OU and Texas want it to happen, it's going to happen. Right. Okay. Are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? I just used the Renalo Cloud Group to sell my old house, and it was so easy and stress-free. Station Renalo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and luxury service, and that's exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at Stacia at SageSir.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R dot com. Or you can contact them on Instagram at at sold by Stacia and at sold by Maddie underscore. You will not regret it. Okay, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with Bill Snyder because I, I, I thought this was kind of cool. He put a tweet out saying, quote, the Big 12 came through this before and will again. Keep the faith. Bob Bowlesby and school presidents are good leaders. Negative talk won't help, which he's a K-State legend. He's a legend of college football. It's a great message, but Ted, I almost made him my winner of the weekend because how about Bill Snyder tweeting? Like it was just the way it was structured, like and how some things weren't like, I was like, there was zero doubt in my mind that that 81 year old man was typing that out on his own phone or on his own computer. And like he hit send on that himself. And I was like, look at you go, Bill 81 and tech, not just technologically savvy. He probably thought, well, hell I can get a message to that many people that easily. I shouldn't have wasted all that time with all those handwritten letters uh, throughout the years. <laughs> no, I think those were great, and I'm shocked it wasn't just a picture of a handwritten letter. Uh, that would have been exactly that, that. would have been even better. <laughs> but that is good, man. Uh, now he's wrong, but I I like the message, positivity. Big Twelve is going to move through it. Good stuff. But my winner of the weekend, Mike Shashevsky. Coach K, I mean, USA basketball sucks without him, apparently. I mean, they just they just can't win games without Mike Krzyzewski on the sideline, apparently. USA basketball loses to France, to Rudy <laughs> Gobert and the French. Oh. They lost to France, who has a couple of solid players. Don't get me wrong, but... There's not a ton of talent. They're not even, I don't even think they're one of the top three most talented teams at the Olympics. And now I'll just say, I I thought Drew Holiday, especially him coming straight from the parade, essentially. I thought he played well. Uh, I was impressed with the way that he played, especially in the second half of that game. But Damian Lillard 
was bad. Durant, by his standards, was awful. I mean, that's one of the worst games he's played for USA Basketball. I, I'm confused when I was watching. I was a little confused as to what Greg Popovich is trying to get them to do offensively. The spacing is all weird. I, I But no one apparently on Team USA can stop Evan Fournier, who ends up pouring in 28 points for the French. And I'm just sitting there going, they're going to lose to France. And they had a lead. But they just, I mean, Fournier hit some big shots late in the game, but the the French team thoroughly outplayed the American squad in the last couple of minutes of the game, right? I think they had like an eight-point lead with three or four minutes to go, and they just couldn't, couldn't get stops and couldn't hit shots. And it made me sad, Ted. I watched the Olympics to watch the U.S. win. And we're supposed to win everything in basketball. And this team doesn't look very good right now. And it makes me sad. I make yeah. fun of Coach K a lot, but bring him back. <laughs> bring him back. He'll figure it out. Well, honestly, it's not just basketball the U.S. as a whole really isn't off to a great start. Now, what, we got a gold medal, first gold medal in swimming, which was a nice deal. But, um, you know, the, the women's team losing, basketball uh, off to a slow start. We got to get this thing ramped up. Let's go. Let's pick it up. Red, white, and blue, guys. Just figure it out. It's basketball, figure it out. Come on, Durant. Figure it out. He's got to, right? Come on. They're like so bad. They're going to get this thing figured out, right, and, and start playing to, better. Right? They haven't been together for very long, less than most of the other teams. Uh, hopefully, uh, Popovich can can figure it out a little bit and get Popovich them. Popovich getting all snippy with the reporters again after it's like well, see, I, I didn't see anything. I was I was guessing he probably would have been, it's, but it's how he always is. And I'm just like, hey man, win, win right. the game. Like, this isn't the NBA where it's like, no, you have the best players. Go win. Figure it out, coach. Right. That's right. Coach K figured it out. And we all just make fun of Coach K. Gosh. <laughs> okay, my loser of the weekend. I thought about going with Oklahoma State football because they announced Barry Sanders will have his name and jersey number added to the ring of honor at Boone Pickens Stadium. They're also, I think it's for the TCU game in November. He's also getting a statue. How in the hell was his name and number not in the ring of honor already? I mean, I get the statue not being built yet. Like, you know, statues, that's a, that's a big decision, right? Put a statue of someone somewhere. Right. But he won the Heisman in 88. Shouldn't it just like automatically go into the ring of honor when you win the Heisman trophy? Yeah, they, I know after the stadium that, is different, but I'm just saying, like, what are we doing? They even announced State? the winner of the Heisman Trophy. It should have been in there. I can't remember. Uh, so um, last year, oh god, why am I drawing a blank? Running back the year before him went to oh play Thurman for, Thomas. Thurman Thomas went in last year, I think. Did they just the year- start the Ring of Honor? 
there was something, there was some reason why it was those years. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, what the, what the timing was, but there, I remember whenever Thurman Thomas went in, there was a reason why, like he was just not going in and then Barry was going to go in. I don't remember what it was, but I feel like there was something there. Okay, I'll take your word for it. But, but they still should have scrapped it yeah. and done it immediately. Yeah, what? Like the second you decide, <laughs> we're doing a ring of honor, you probably put your only Heisman Trophy winner in there first. Right, I, I, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure know. someone will uh, remember the reason or tell us why it's it's just happening right Please now. Please tweet at us at Ted Lehman 11 at Gabe Eichard. Tell us why we're idiots. We're, <laughs> it happens a lot. Don't worry. But we love your feedback, people. But, okay, so my, my – and I also thought about going with U.S. golf because <laughs> DeChambeau test positive, which I, I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. But just like his statement and everything, he's just such a goober, man. But <laughs> DeChambeau, he tests positive, so he's out for the Olympics. Now, I know DeChambeau's a polarizing guy. But do you see who he's getting replaced with? <laughs> the only person in, on the tour that's hated more than him. Exactly. Patrick Reed. <laughs> Patrick Reed takes his spot. And I guess, I think it was like Cantlay and Kepka were the next alternates. And I guess they both said, no, nah, we're good. They're probably on vacation somewhere anyways. And they're like, ah, no, dude, we're too drunk to get on a flight right now. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But. Now I have to cheer because I've made it very clear, Teddy, no matter who it is, I'm cheering for him. It's the Olympics. I'm cheering for the red, white, and blue. So now I have to cheer for Patrick Reed. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm going on record. He is not my Captain America. I'm saying it now. That's ridiculous that, that he got that nickname. Absolutely not. But I will. And damn you, DeChambeau, for making me have to cheer for Reed. It's ridiculous. You are not cheering for Patrick Reed, you are cheering for the United States golf representative. That's all you're doing. It's there's not even an, that's a, what I'll call him. If I tweet about it, you know, it's a great job by this United States golf representative. That's all you're, that's, that's, there's not a person there. Uh, no name, no likeness, no nothing. It's only the U S representative out there on the course. That's it. All right. But my loser of the weekend, USA gymnastics, Women's gymnastics, Teddy, you mentioned not off to a hot start. I mean, even Simone Biles, right? And I, I watched it tonight. They made all kinds of errors, like all of it, and they all took turns. It's kind of like an offensive line taking turns getting beat in a game. You just said it, it's just all going wrong, but it, was, it wasn't one that was just like consistently terrible. They all had their errors, and – I think I read it was the first time they didn't qualify first in a team competition. It's the first time it's happened in 11 years. Wow. I Now they qualified second. I'm not going to make it sound like they I, like they're still in the finals and this one the final is just qualifying. But what's the ramifications though? Does it change like the rotation or something or I I'm not going to pretend to know enough about the yeah. sport. I I won't even try. I there's still, I know that, you know, I was reading some of the quotes and, and saw some of the interviews about it kind of being maybe something that they needed for motivation, all that stuff. And that 
they were glad they got it out and qualifying as opposed, but like even Simone Biles, like she's landed and taking like three big steps. I'm like, what is happening? Like what's going, like what is happening to all of the U S Olympic teams in Tokyo? Like where, where are they putting in the water? I don't know. Um, hopefully they bounce back and I think they will. You, there's a lot of pressure on Simone Biles. I think it's kind of generated by herself you know, with all the goat stuff, which let me just say, she is the goat. All right. There's, there's no she, doubt about she it. She also, she in qualifying, she finished number one for the all around. So yeah, she's, right. she's, she's in good shape. I, do you feel like there's for whatever reason, whether it's basketball, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's um, soccer, there's just, We've created a, a whole lot of stuff outside the sport that's like just pressurized everything for them. Like, and it's kind of been a weird gear up to the Olympics. Like, is it well, even going to happen? And then here it is. Well, in, in her case, you, you think about it. Not only is she the face of USA Gymnastics, like she's kind of the face of the Olympics for mm-hmm. America this go around, right? I think that's yeah. more than safe to say. Like, I haven't seen any other Olympic athlete get more exposure leading up to this thing, right? She's on all the commercials, everything she constantly talked about, and she's the best to ever do what she does. So that's the treatment she could get, but uh, there's, there's definitely pressure that comes with that. Right. And I'm I'm sure she's going to win everything, you know, when, when the, the lights are brightest and uh, the finals roll around, but it's, it was interesting to see them struggle. Right. Struggle. They finished second, but struggle. No one is going to beat her. No. She can maybe beat herself, if that makes sense. But, like, if she hits her stuff, it's like there's no there's no one else out there that's anywhere close to the stuff that she does. So. Yeah, and the way that the way that, that sport has changed where, like, you, your, your, like, start value, start value and all that yeah. stuff, like, I don't even – and once again, I'm not going to pretend I'm a gymnastics expert, but I don't even know how many other women that she's competing against can even attempt the stuff that she does. So, I mean, I think something like has to go pretty drastically wrong for her not to win the all around. She leaves herself a large margin for error. Great way of putting it. Difficult. All of her stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. But come on, let's go team USA. All the you want sports. A quick prediction? Ooh, yeah, of course. I predict gold for the gymnastics team. I predict gold for the men's hoops team. Whoa. Coming off the loss to Evan Fournier in the French. Couldn't guard Come on, him. Dude. Uh how often, and maybe it happens a lot, but how often are Dame Lillard and Kevin Durant gonna be that bad, especially, you know down the stretch. Dude, I, they could not hit anything. It was weird. Yeah. Figure it out. Hey, which, by the way, what is this three-on-three women's basketball thing? Oh, yeah, that's a new thing. Uh, one of the girls that uh, plays for the Dallas Wings is on the team, Alicia Gray. Oh, so nice. if you see Alicia Gray playing, cheer for her, Ted. Do me a solid. I saw it just like briefly popped up, and I was I was like, what? The, what is that? That's weird. I don't know that I can get behind that for an Olympic sport. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird sports. 
they're at skateboarding. Adding, but... I can't get behind skateboarding for as an Olympic sport either. I'm sorry. I just don't understand how it's scored. You know, like I don't like if if the guy flips the board with his feet and like lands back on it. I'm like, that's awesome. All right. Like, I, what is that I worth? Know, is like, that like ratings, two points? Yeah, ratings and stuff have a lot to do with it, and you know, I understand, but. And it's not all about what everyone in the U.S. is into, I understand. But I don't know how, like, the, the wrestling is – is it out – it's always, like, on the verge of being out of the Olympics. And it's, like, one of, like, the original sports. And they're putting in stuff like three-on-three basketball and skateboarding. Come on, man. I watched, I watched a lot of ping pong today. Those guys are. Is that and, not the, and again, the the American guy was just getting smoked by some dude from Sweden. I was like, figure it out, bro. Unbelievable. <sighs> Let's go. Frustrating. USA. USA. Okay. And on that note, episode one thirty two in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder: if you would like to sponsor the podcast. Please email us at the Oklahoma Breakdown at gmail.com. You can hear Teddy from two to six on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more